Uh, welcome to the second episode of the first season of Tie-Dye Talks, which is a podcast mostly about music. I'm Adam, I run Tie-Dye Tapes, a cassette-based record label, although we're about to release our first vinyl record, which I'll talk about later in the episode. We've got a gig coming up at our studio, Tie-Dye Tapes HQ, basically in the Sheffield City Centre. It's on the corner of three streets, Sydney Street, Arundel Street and Sylvester Street. The show's um, being put on by Paddy Carley, who's in um, Fawn Spots and Pajaro. It's uh, Dogs on Acid, who are an American band, um, members of Snowing and Algernon Cobwallader, I believe, Doe are touring with them. They've played at our studio a number of years ago and I'm assured they were good. I, w- I wasn't there, but apparently it was a good show. And then also Thumbbuster are playing. Um, Thumbbuster are Ed Crisp's band. This episode is the second part of my conversation with Ed. I've probably got enough for about four or five more episodes with Ed. What I'm going to do is try and um, try and edit most of what's left into this episode today and then I'm going to get some other guests I'm thinking about having a conversation with James Levitt who is my partner in Tie-Dye Tapes he's played in um, Keel Her he played in some semi-popular hit band a few years ago I've played in lots of bands with him we started a band with one of our good friends called Ben Hepworth when we were at university called Bergeist um, who James says sound like the Cribs I've never heard the Cribs so I don't know I've also moved some gear from Tie-Dye Tapes HQ to my house so I'm hoping that I can sort of gradually improve the sound quality of these uh, podcasts as I go along um, I want to give a big shout out to SE Electronics who have seemingly created the only indestructible ribbon microphone uh, because I have the X1R and I've dropped it three times today off a desk that's probably nearly three foot high um, and it's working perfectly, so that's great. As I mentioned earlier, we've got the Radical Boy Pajaro 7-inch coming out. The release date for that is the 13th of November. We're looking to maybe do a gig with Radical Boy at the studio for that. You can order the 7-inch off either at Bandcamp, which is just tiedotapes.bandcamp.com. Also, Norman Records have got it up for pre-order. So if you're doing an order off them, you could um, dump it in and uh, save on postage. Also upcoming, we've got the Bear Mattress cassette. Um, which is going to be absolutely brilliant. Hans has been sending me demos of the stuff and it's sounding so good, I can't wait. I've decided with the podcast that I'm going to keep it to one kind of season, in inverted commas initially, of probably 10 episodes. They're not going to be regular. Um, Some will be shorter, some will be longer. Also, it's probably going to be two weeks or more before I get the next one out. Um, just because I'm busy with other music stuff. I've got a couple of my own releases coming up, so if you're at all interested in them, if you just drop me an email at tiedotapes at gmail.com, 
I'll let you know what they are and where you can find them. So episode two is the second part of my conversation with Ed Crisp from Thumbbuster, Best Friends, Delicious Clam Records and Michael Aitken. I did an intro on both of them at the beginning of the first episode. So if you don't know who they are, then you can go back and listen to that one. The episodes of the podcast should also be up on Stitcher Radio and on iTunes. So it would be excellent if you could download them through there and if on iTunes you could rate, review and subscribe to it. If you subscribe to it, it'll automatically download any new episodes. Um, so you don't have to rely on me posting them on Twitter. So I'll queue up episode two with Ed Crisp and Michael. like Abergavenny oh, right, okay. um, <clears throat> they've got two dogs and one of them's like a two year old like some form of like Scottish sheepdog yeah. and then they've got like this tiny little one that's like really old but like really like chill and like kind of frail looking <laughs> and like when we were there he was like telling us how the old and like chilled out one would like got into the chickens and just like murdered like <laughs> chickens and like there was like blood everywhere and like killed one of the sheep and stuff and like wow. like this like really <laughs> chilled out like dog. just sort of like you know like walking around like <laughs> like I just looked at yeah. it completely differently after that it's like fucking hell Pablo's uh, an absolute <clears throat> killer I was like moving the bin because oh, we've got like alleyway with the mm. gate so I took the took the bin out down there and I came back into the back door and I looked down in the drain that's behind the bin and there was this pigeon dead in the drain, totally um totally unmarked and its neck was just snapped sideways. Man. And then you look at him and yeah. it's like he does that. Yeah. We don't let him out now though. And I'll tell you that Gannett killed some bird and left its face. <laughs> I know it was a rat, just left purely just its rat face. face. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> pure rat face. They are just, they're so good at killing stuff. <laughs> we've, um, because we've got the two rabbits upstairs, we, they have their own room and mm. they just, the they've got room. cages but they just roam yeah, yeah. in the rabbit room. And uh, there's been really limited interaction. We've had them for, uh, like a year or something, or almost a year. Really limited interaction between Pablo the cat and the rabbits. And, uh, <laughs> the one time that they like, the rabbits are really friendly and inquisitive, and uh, so they like go up to him and like sniff his face, and one of them got like right up in his face, and he just swiped it with his hand, like hit it. It was like a punch rather than claws out and then just like shrieked and ran away that look like he's <laughs> just like staring at me he's like he knows he's being talked about yeah, he's he like does. yeah that's some badass shit that I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't fuck about I don't yeah. have to chill yeah 
He's like a celebrity because, like, whenever bands have stayed here, they're all just like Instagramming pictures of him. <laughs> and so, there's there's so many photos of him on the internet. Like mine and Lucy's Instagrams are just photos of him. <laughs> That's what happens when you get a cat. Your social media turns into <laughs> yeah, yeah, just look cat pictures. my cat. That's pretty lame. I'm so bad at social media. <laughs> it's unreal. I have. Um, well, I've had to get Facebook just because since James has been in London, he's not really been active. Are you, are you on Facebook now? Tyler takes it. Yeah, but I'm not. Um, I'm like, if you sent me a request, I wouldn't. Yeah. You <laughs> know, like, um, I don't mean you personally. Yeah. If you sent me a request. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got thousands of friends, not you. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I've got like Michael, uh, James, Paddy, Bobby, and Lucy. Yeah. Um, and it's mainly just for like sorting this stuff out. That's like um, what Max does. Max the same. Has he got that? Yeah. He's only on Facebook as Pete Zahut. Yeah, I'm um, <laughs> Zatan Octran <laughs> Zaneo or something like that, which Bobby came up with. But yeah, I just I hate Facebook, man. It's, it just shows me so much stuff I'm like 100% not interested in. Yeah. And yeah, actually, I stuff do that I though. actively don't want to hear about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same, but I still spend so much time looking at it. Yeah. And like the, the annoying thing about Facebook is that you don't look at new stuff that's not interesting. Like you end up looking at the same stuff that still yeah, isn't yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least with Twitter or Instagram, you know mm. where you, like where you started and be, like. Yeah, finished. that's pretty like, true actually. Yeah, because Facebook is. There's no like. It's just like people reminding you constantly of stuff that you weren't interested in the first time around. But like, the actual newsfeed is just fucking. Yeah, it's not chronological, which is pretty annoying. It's just like the same thing again. It's just like, fuck off. It's also like terrible for music stuff. Oh, they fucked it. They've really blown Facebook for music. Yeah, we've got like something like a thousand likes. And when we post something, if I don't do stuff like tag people in it, it goes to like 35 people. Yeah, yeah. Is the yes, cause standard. They, they've deliberately they limited it. it. Don't they? Like, yeah, and now you have to pay so that yeah. people who like to actually see it. Yeah. But I mean, that'll be the death of Facebook. Cause yeah, exactly. Like, bands and stuff will stop using it. Yeah. And then, like, the people will follow. Well, they are. People so have to use it. start using uh, Instagram, aren't they? Stop using Instagram. No, start, start using start Instagram, Instagram instead. Like Twitter's fine because Twitter yeah. it goes to your entire. Yeah. You know, and and if you want more people to, you know, if it doesn't get attention first time, you can just do it. Again. Yeah, Twitter yeah. seems way more okay to post like ten, twenty things a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I'm just I'm so disengaged with it all. I've got like I've got my own Twitter. Well, I put it under. Casey Keller big man, but yeah. it's just my one, and I just follow pro wrestling stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, the and then the tie dye one. It's mainly James, isn't it? Well, it's, it's like it doesn't really post thing. on it anymore. Yeah, because yeah, I got a um, racist or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a racist, Michael. <laughs> but whatever he was doing, he's moved to one hundred. No, isn't he? Is that his? Is that yeah, his yeah, 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 yeah. I hate the whole. The whole culture of like internet keyboard warrior types, where it's like yeah. condemning people over. based on no 
No, I mean, James has James has done it a few times, but I don't, you know, he's not like that. I can think of way worse people that, I'm, you know, that I'm aware of that do it. Where it's like you, like based on the information that you've read on the internet, you accuse people of things and you accuse people of character traits. So it will be like you have read a particular of a particular situation or action on the internet and then you will go okay because of this thing that supposedly happened that you were not involved with at all you are a yeah yeah, you know then what you're doing is you're saying okay well all of this person's other behaviors follow this pattern when actually you don't even know that person you don't know the situation around it and the only place you've heard of that is on the internet yeah and uh i just I just think it's like, you know, I, I'm not into that. I think that's not. There's too much. People are too readily uh, accepting of misinformation. Mm. Like, on, yeah. especially on the internet. Like, is yeah, yeah. It, like Britain first pretty much relies on that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and it's, it's um. Sometimes it's not even misinformation, but you can. Uh, the difference in a slight detail in the story mm. can make a big difference to your perception of the people involved and I don't think the internet allows or is at least accepting of that nuance mm. it's just like ah, oh, this happened therefore this person is a X yeah. and then when you post that on Twitter it's you have to limit your argument to 140 characters that someone can retweet or favorite and really there's not much you can say beyond this person is a yeah okay. yeah or this oh, person man. did x yeah well in 140 characters and <laughs> so yeah because yeah. you don't yeah you don't definitely don't want to post two-part tweets no no can <laughs> oh, <laughs> you do that yeah. would be that would be, be awesome Oh, terrible etiquette, yeah. Twitter cat. People do that though, don't they? Yeah, yeah, one out of two. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> you, no, you've got to do argument. one out of two because dot, dot, dot could just be sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. You have to... ellipses. Yeah. You've got to clarify. Um, yeah, so I, I rested the reins back from one James. <laughs> no, he, he boasts on it a bit, but I mean, uh, he's not... He's a lot busier in London at the moment, so he's, he's not doing that involved. I heard rumours he's going back to Sheffield. Rumours? Rumour Will's worrying. <laughs> he, he's he, coming back in February, that's right. I, I don't... They haven't it's actually due. set a date, but... Um, have you seen that thing on... Um, it's just on Norfolk Street. So I think it's run by, like, Opus and the people who do Now Then. Oh, um, is it Union Street? Oh, maybe it is. It's like a co-working space. Yeah, 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 and it's got like a little cafe and some yeah, guys yeah. like fixed computers, and it's got a load of desks. Yeah, it's got. There's like a few, yeah. few companies that rent office space there, but I think other than that, it's like you can get in pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think it's that. I can't I can't remember, but it's like on the corner. Of yeah, it's um, opposite that council. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's like a CADS. Oh, um, is it cats? Common yeah. people type thing. Yeah. Well, 
Right. But I was fun. saying something like that would be really, you know, like, I don't know how much it is. I mean, I've been looking for like studio space in terms of doing actual design work because all that shit I do from home and that yeah. sucks. Like work. Kind of went and go and live insane, don't you? Yeah, like you not do having a bit, home yeah. life separation is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. And uh, I find it's like this is just part of like my personality. But certainly, like when I'm at home on my own, I tend to like just like overthink things. And after a while, it's like you feel much more lonely on your own at home yeah. than you do anywhere. Else. Yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah, definitely. I think like if you're in in a uh, in an office space, like that's a working environment, and yeah. that's somewhere that you probably could get away with or like be happy with working at home. But yeah, yeah. being at home alone all day oh, is just a bit yeah. So what are you doing at the moment? Are you doing um, design time? Yeah, well, I work for a company in Loughborough, but like. That I do, do that sort of thing. It's like a software company and right. I do all their design work. Oh, cool. Um, but I've done that what for What company like, is it? It's called... Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Right. <laughs> what do they do? It's like competency management for the uh, construction right. sector. Okay, cool. That's um, great. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. So you just like designing interfaces and stuff? I do a bit of that. Um, <laughs> Any graphic stuff that goes out of that company yeah. has been through my computer. <laughs> like, I used to work sort of two days a week from home, and now I started going into the office, which is based in Loughborough. I grew, like, I grew up in Loughborough, and now splitting my life between... You grew up in Loughborough? Yeah. I'd assumed you were from wherever the, the others are from. Were they yeah, from, like, Norwich? No, no. Oh, is it Ipswich or something? Evening. in about Put my, um, put my foot in it. No, no, they're from Norwich. From oh, right. uh, like, well, from Beckles, which is technically Suffolk, but oh. if you ask him, he'll say Norwich. Yeah. And Roper's from, like... Is Beckles posh? Like, well, it's technically Beckles Suffolk, so... Oh, right. <laughs> Tell Suffolk. Below Norfolk. What's wrong with it? I don't know, it's just not Norfolk, not Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be from Suffolk than Norwich. Like on what basis? I don't know, it sounds better. <laughs> right. Because it's got the word fuck in it. <laughs> yeah. both, both got fuck in it. Good point. Suffolk sounds more like it though. <laughs> sounds posher for some reason. Suffolk. Not <laughs> the north south divide coming out in nut and suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing like um, freelance work on top of that. Ooh. I've just been doing a video for Caesar Chair. Right. Did you do anything with the documentary on <laughs> Sheffield stuff you did? Did it just turn out not good? I think it wasn't even that. It's like it lost steam because we you felt that <laughs> we felt that the uh, something had collapsed. I don't know. I feel like since there's. Well, there's no shows at Tyler, there's no ability to put on shows at the Great Gatsby anymore. Yeah. And there was like a few things that were going on, but we weren't necessarily, like, knew, didn't necessarily know about or were involved in them. 
that we felt like we probably caught we probably started the documentary maybe right, like yeah, a few yeah. years too late yeah. uh, it was yeah. a tough one because like I know we were like it started off pretty strong within a few months we'd had like a few interviews with like yeah. different people but <clears throat> it just lost steam a bit so yeah. like basically not, that, not everyone was as good an interview as me <laughs> <and> <laughs> exactly. that was the problem yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean <coughs> I don't know yeah the more you I think the, the more we were talking about it, the more we kind of like, we can't make this into like a talking head documentary about how good 2013 to 14 was for Sheffield. Because, yeah, because it wasn't actually that good. Yeah, it's just, everything's much better in hindsight. Yeah, but I, the thing is like, to me there's no, like I know that tie-dye stopped putting on shows mm. in that space. To me, it actually got more productive. Yeah, yeah, cool. After that, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just not the kind of stuff that touches a lot of people directly. So when people listen to a recording, they don't necessarily think. I can think of a few exceptions, like um, with God, Godspeed You Black Emperor recorded their stuff in Hotel to Tango and. Right. Montreal, I think it is, somewhere. Canada. <laughs> and uh, they incorporated like the location into their recordings and so like on the album F sharp, A sharp, they had a, there's a train line that runs behind it. Right. So there's bits like recordings of the trains up from there and there's also in the packaging like a flat penny that, that was flattened on the train line. Right. They put it, put one in every one. Honestly. And, uh, or scent or whatever they use in scent it must be um, but I think people don't associate uh, so much associate recordings with a place as they do like a gig yeah you know so we can put on a record or a tape or whatever that it was recorded at Tyler Tapes HQ in Sheffield but people don't necessarily have the same they don't detect the emotion of the place in the recording, mm. whereas from, from a gig, you do because you're yeah, there and like, you yeah, can yeah. see the sweat dripping from the ceiling. <laughs> and you know you've you've got a you've got like a visual and oral association for that place, and so it kind of helps to build up the idea of of a scene mm. based around an area or based around a set of venues. Yeah, you know, a, a recording from, and I always do try and make. The recordings that we do have similar sounds and similar kind of approaches, but you don't associate, say, something recorded at Audacious with the shows that happen yeah, at Audacious. Yeah. And you know, so to kind of receive these, especially when people are just receiving digital information, they're not necessarily then thinking, "Oh, that is the same Tyler tapes where I saw." whoever yeah, and yeah. you know had all these good times at. it's like oh no my ability to go there has stopped you know and that was how I experienced that place yeah. rather than like I didn't experience that place through records or yeah um, yeah I think like I think particularly in the last year though I think and this is just again it's, it's a nostalgia thing it's like the 
the places where which seem to be um, you know you'd always see someone there that you knew or like there'd always be like a, a scene or like a community there like I'm not saying that doesn't exist anymore but like those places have been limited somewhat in Sheffield particularly yeah. whereas like in other places that you go to it seems that those those sorts of spaces are only just happening like if yeah, you look yeah. at DIY space for London yeah like they've been like fundraising for like two three years for that now yeah and they're finally able to put yeah, stuff yeah. on whereas like that that kind of thing was happening yeah in Sheffield for quite yeah. a long time before yeah. like and I think like you know even even down to like Death by Shoes was like a bit of a a bit of an establishment. Yeah, yeah it was. It was yeah. like a Sheffield institution. Yeah, yeah. In so it's like way. in the same way that Tyler was like yeah. a lot of the shows were not well attended and like no. there wasn't it wasn't like this thriving thing like no one's gonna look at back at it like CBGBs or anything. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it was like something that at the time existed. I think like now we struggle to Well, I personally struggle to be like what's you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why, like we, we'd be keen to find a space, at like at the minute that that yeah. could exist. I know I, my <coughs> view of it is really just like tainted by <laughs> yeah. negative Being experiences. Being the guy that's the clear <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that I like is that we can not do anything for like six months mm. we could do no shows at Tyler Tate's for six months and then like we put on that Carson Wells and Pajaro show which in reality shouldn't have been very well attended um, and it was absolutely packed yeah and you know we we made enough money to cover like two shows of that tour with Carson Wells and paid everyone else who played yeah you know and we can do that. See, I almost yeah. think there aren't enough people interested in it <laughs> yeah. to sustain a, a, a scene. Not like of that a regular, kind. yeah, yeah. Because, but at the point at which we were putting on a show every fortnight, um, we were losing so much money on every show, mm. and we didn't mind it. But then it was like, oh, we we felt bad because we were getting these bands in from, like, sometimes from abroad. And there would be like eighteen people there, yeah. And you kind of think, well, actually, what we've done is, especially when there are other places for these people to play, <laughs> yeah. what we've done is we've just kind of given them like a bit of a crap show. Yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> yeah. gone from it's gone from what it initially was, which was like nobody's putting these bands on, to people asking us first. And we're saying yes, and we're not doing a good job. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. then nobody else is getting a chance to do it. And I mean, I don't think since we've stopped doing it that the same amount of those kind of shows have happened. I yeah. just don't think that's happened. I know, like, people tried to do it at Dempsey's for a bit, didn't they? We did a couple. Yeah. But that was, that was like, genuine, like, necessity. It was like, where, like... Yeah. We're like where, like where are we gonna do it? I mean that was well. To be fair, actually, it wasn't that. It was Vlogs had played a show, a show there like a few years ago, and they're like, yeah, yeah. it would be good to do a show there because that was fun. Yeah. And then 
we were like, oh, cool. So this is a this is a thing now. We can do shows here. Yeah. And I, um, I like, I'd already booked um, play lounge and bird schools play yeah, yeah. at Gatsby, and Gatsby turned around like, yeah, we're not gonna. Like we're not going to have a venue anymore. Well, that's pretty much just a cocktail bar, anyway. But not upstairs. Like, upstairs is always like a space for shows and stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, well, yeah, James does some there. I mean, like Dem, like uh, Dempsey's is like the only other place I can think of to put yeah. on this yeah, gig. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm sure it's not like. And to be fair, we did on Monday. We we did we did the new Stumbuster tour date at Golden Harvest. And, yeah. Like, but it's hard to find like Dempsey's really is like a big fucking yeah, space. Yeah, it's massive. And like Gatsby was like a, a small a but small good room. shape. Like there's not really any anywhere yeah. that I can think of that's like a normal shaped room yeah, for yeah. like fifty to seventy yeah. people. Yeah. Which is kind of exactly what Tyler was at Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean because no, even even going home, it's like it's really cool, but it's a weird shape because there's a yeah. huge bar in the middle. Of the yeah, yeah. Oh, there's another one like West Street Live, where it's kind of like a bar with a stage. Stage. Basically, yeah. Like, well, it's, it's not that. It's, it's like, like it's stages. a tiny little coffee shop. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. to be fair, we have overlooked the the fact that we could have been doing shows at West Street Live this whole time. Oh, for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's like no one wants to play West Live anymore. Mike, well, it's just, I mean, it's just not like laid out well. Is my really issue with that? I think it would be great. Yeah. If it if it was like a proper layout, but really it's just like you have like ten. Even if you had like thirty people watching the band, they're in the corner, mm. and then the whole it's like um, there's a do you know Mike what? from the Minutemen mm. he has this phrase called caving it which is like playing to an empty room because it's like you're playing in a cave right. and like sounds reflecting and stuff and it's like even if there are 40 people at West Street Live which really for the kind of bands that we're in and the bands that we put on mm. is a really respectable turn <laughs> yeah really yeah it's a great turn um, you're still caving it even with 40 people, with 50 people in my shit I'd be caving it. And, you know, that's kind of like... It's it's disheartening to play in a venue that has more space, even if it's got the same amount of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, it's shit. You know? yeah. 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 It's kind of nice to feel like it's full. Yeah. Like, if you're putting the show on and if you're playing it. That's what, that's what like, anyone says is like, you're in a small venue like well you know it only take a few people to fill it out and like yeah, that's yeah. what you want like yeah, yeah, yeah. no matter how big the room is you yeah, want it to um, be full yeah. did, you hear, did you hear about the guitar? whose guitar? your Which guitar one? oh from Dempsey you've not heard what happened? it's come back no what it was fuck? in your room in our room? yeah <laughs> but I searched the whole place after that show with I think it was with Ben Thompson and we searched the whole room and it wasn't there and then the other day Max came up because he was buying you know I was buying out the distro right yeah. just like selling all the records for dead cheap he bought like four records for 15 quid or something <laughs> and uh, um, 
he was like, oh, I found, we found Bobby's guitar. What the fuck? And I was like, Bobby's guitar? What's Bobby's guitar? Because I bought it off Bobby a few years ago. And then I was like, what? That was in our room? Yeah, and they brought it up. And it's just in the case that, that I took it to Was it in a soft case? Yeah, yeah, in a soft case. And what Harry was saying is that he couldn't find his guitar. Yeah, he's lost his guitar. Yeah, and so he was looking through the other... He was like, oh, maybe somebody played it and put it in a different bag. Yeah, yeah. So he was looking through all the bags and he opened it up and he was like, G&L Strat, is this... <laughs> And zipped it down and got it out. Like, who's got a sunburst G&L? And then remembered. <laughs> what the fuck? As if, as if none of us looked in our yeah. room the whole time. I feel so bad because we posted stuff on Facebook like, <laughs> this is so lame, someone's nicked our guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely wasn't in there. We checked every single guitar bag, yeah. like soft and hard, and we couldn't find it. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, yeah. I'm d- I'm just so happy to have it back. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> when did that happen? Like the other week? Yeah, yeah, like two two weeks ago or something. It must have been not last Friday, but the Friday before when I went to the studio afterward. As has become my my custom. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so so pleased to have it back. But now I'm in that position where I lost that guitar and I bought a new one like two days later <laughs> not a guitar but a bass mm. so now I'm in the position where I've got like <coughs> I've got like seven or eight electric guitars and three basses one that hasn't any strings on it but I was fucked that one out. and an acoustic and a classical it's like <laughs> yeah. I think since having the clown we've been Accumulating things. Yeah, yeah. You really have so many shit in Yeah. I like your little USB Hoover. That's oh, yeah. USB Hoover. That's absolute bullshit. Is it? I, <laughs> my, my Mac was like running really like the fans were just going like constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I cracked it open and realised it was just full of like dust and yeah, fluff yeah. and just shit. Yeah. And I didn't. We don't have a Hoover, and Michael wasn't in, so I went to Powerland and bought this fucking. One pound USB Hoover that just doesn't even do it. <laughs> no, it's got that superpower mode where it's got, it sounds like it's going to explode. Yeah, the superpower super mode is the only thing that works. Isn't it? I did get a fair amount of dust out, but I would have done the same amount of like just brushing it. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty true. That's yeah, pretty yeah. much like how I like, used computers for like, the first yeah. like twenty years of my life. Yeah. You know, first time you play a game on full graphics, you just like. Yes, this is so yeah. different. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I'm I'm loving this laptop so much because I've spent like literally ten years of playing Football Manager on going on and it's saying your computer's performance one star out of five, <laughs> and then estimated game speed one star out of five before I've even like selected any leagues and you have to select like how many leagues you want right. to load up. And with this one, it's like your computer performance five star. I can just pick as many leagues as Boy. I want. <laughs> I'm loving it, it's so good. I also play this like um, really nerdy pro wrestling booking game called Total Extreme Wrestling. And uh, that's like just a huge database. Kind of like Football Manager. Is. Right. That is, that's. WWE or 
Well, what it is is you can like the game comes with like a fictional universe as standard, but then you can download mods for it, so you can kind of pick like any era. So you can say like, okay, I want it in the eighties, and then you can pick any promotion and you like hire wrestlers and do all their contracts and book matches and shows and negotiate TV deals. And <laughs> it's like it appeals to my bureaucratic nature. <laughs> <laughs> And also my love of pro wrestling. Thanks very much for listening to episode two of the first season of Tie-Dye Talks with Ed Crisp and Michael Etkin. There's so much more of that conversation and I'm going to work some of it into later episodes. The music on this podcast is, again, music I've been recording at home. You can get it on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash do-zee while you're on there also check out fixed fidelity um, there's a link to that on my soundcloud and if you also search for i don't know how to say it but i think it's seike collective it's s-a-i-k-e-i collective um who release a load of really good sort of lo-fi hip-hop stuff I'll be back in around two weeks with another episode which I'm hoping will be James it's going to be a bit of a challenge working out the Skype stuff so uh, I might have to delay that to a later one and uh, draft in one of my mates to do it in person but there will definitely be something coming up soon uh, in the meantime, check out our website, tiedietapes.com, and all the social media stuff. It's all the same T Y E D I E tapes. Um, it's just, just Google for it. Have a good couple of weeks, and I'll speak to you soon.